You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast, a podcast for psychotherapy group practice owners where you learn the business side of running a group practice. I'm your host, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is a practice management and EHR software that helps behavioral health professionals manage their practice with confidence and efficiency. I've been using Therapy Notes in my own group practice for about five or six years now, and they're hands down amazing. They've got a scheduling and to-do list that is so easy to look at, a notes template that is amazing and exactly what you need, billing that has accurate reports that you can use, credit card processing system, a client portal that's constantly being updated, security, and tech support that is amazing. You can call and actually talk to someone right away. If you're looking for an EHR that can give you everything you need to run your group practice smoothly, try Therapy Notes out by going to www.therapynotes.com forward slash the group practice exchange and you'll get two free months to try them out. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Group Practice Exchange podcast. I have my friend Amber Holly with me. Hey Amber. Whoop, whoop. Hello. <laughs> um, we're doing a real talk. Uh, as you guys know, the real talks are essentially you being flies on the wall as you listen to two friends talk about some aspect of their business. Um, and today we're going to be talking about relationships in general and how to how we deal with relationships and manage relationships um, as business owners. And so you'll get to hear the fun and craziness that we have dealt with and done um, (laughs) as business owners ourselves. So Amber, tell, well, first off, I feel like I'm sure most people who are listening know you at least through Facebook and all that other stuff, but um, tell us about your business stuff so that they can get a a sense of all the crap that you're doing. First off, (laughs) you moved uh, across the country and are also building businesses at the same time. Yes. So uh, I do own a group practice in California, and I've had that for, I've had the practice for nine years. It's been a group practice for seven years. And then this last year, we moved from California to Asheville, North Carolina, sight unseen. Yeah. You are, (laughs) every time I hear that, I don't know anyone else but you, who could possibly do that without falling apart, move to a different state without actually seeing it. I'm always still... Well, I think it's a military... My husband's military, and I'm an ENFP, so like, whatever. So yeah, we were like, (laughs) let's have an adventure, you know? I mean, how many more times in our lives can we have grand adventures? That's true. And so, well, one thing that's like, would stress me out is managing a group practice, not only from afar, but like afar, afar. Yeah, well, that's something. So that's, yeah, that's definitely... That's a, that's a thing. <laughs> that was a thing. That was, it still is a thing. And I, I was a little nervous about it. Knock on wood, thus far is going pretty good. Uh, but yeah, so my primary business is the group practice. That's my bread and butter. And then, then I have two online businesses. Uh, the My Biz Bestie podcast, which I've had for a couple of years. And that's like our passion thing uh, that I do with Dr. Melissa Hall, QA Prep. And then, uh, and then couples fix, which is because my specialty is couples counseling. So it's for helping entrepreneurial couples, like high achieving couples. That's awesome. So, um, one of the things that you and I were talking about before, which is why I was like, we need to do a real talk on this is, um, managing relationships as an entrepreneur and as a business owner in a group practice specifically, since obviously most people who are listening to this are group owners. Um, and I was mentioning how like one of the 
biggest things that I get from my um, like friends, family, husband is is whenever anything goes on, is that I can I can rearrange my stuff because I probably am not working according to them, and they're like, oh, you could just like we just had a strike. Chicago Public Schools had a strike for two weeks, literally. So my kids were home, and my husband, who's a teacher, was striking, and um, there's just this unwritten assumption that obviously I can just not do whatever I'm doing because I'm my own boss and just stay home for two weeks and take care of the kids. Absolutely. Yes. I I feel like that one is one of those things as like a business owner that like I used to do it to myself and then I noticed, yeah, then other people do it. Like it would always be, well, I have flexibility. Mm -hmm. And so somehow flexibility means that everything else can come before your business. You could, like you said, you, yeah. you can be there for them because you don't have to go in. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing where you're like, it can create resentments. And then it just puts a lot of stress on us. Cause it's like flexibility doesn't mean that I can just drop everything and be at everyone else's beck and call. Like there are things that need to, it just means that I would have to stay up all night to do it. Right. I think you mentioned that you hit it the nail on the head with there's a difference between being flexible and not having a nine to five where you have to be in, where you can shift things and adjust things. And I think that's one of the benefits of being a, an entrepreneur. Um, but there's a difference between being flexible like that and knowing I don't have to go into the office if I don't want to today, or I can shift things around and focus on one area versus another um, versus this, you know, having this assumption placed on you that is this can fall on you when shit hits the fan at home or in our personal lives you can that we can um we can make the adjustments or shifts and I remember being like Steve would you ever like take off a school and he's like I mean I guess so I just thought you could (laughs) yeah like you didn't have to you know exactly and I think and I think like so like I said some of it is like I would buy into that a little bit about like Okay, well, I do have the flexibility. So for I know when my husband, who's now retired, which also made that move across the country a little bit easier, um, he when he was still working and he worked at UPS, it would be like, well, if I'm saying clients, you need to call in sick because mm-hmm. the clients were always clients come first. Like that yeah. was you know the structured expectation. But I know that if it was just a day where I was going to go in and you know, get caught up or do the, all the work that actually needs to be done. It's like, well, I don't want to waste a sick day on that. Yeah. I have my own issue is in the summertime because he's off in the summer. And I normally work um, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday from the office until like 2, 2.30 because I pick up the kids. Um, and then on Wednesdays and Fridays, they're kind of... Uh, work from Starbucks, do any odds and ends stuff, but there's no, like, I'm not having meetings. I'm not scheduling things. It's usually I sit at Starbucks and, um, do some of the odds, odds and ends that I didn't get to. Um, but what I notice is, uh, in the summertime, because I know he's home and the kids are home. I, there's this un, and, and it's not something that they place on me, but I think I place on myself that, um, I, I shouldn't be at work as long because everyone's at home Um, and so I notice I find myself in the summer times always being like, I'll just not go in. Or I feel like, you know, he'll ask, so what do you have today? And I'm like, well, work. And he's like, oh, like, and he's just asking, but with me, it's like, are you 
asking because you want to see, am I doing legitimate work at work? Or are you asking because you want to know if I'm just going to be fiddling around on the computer according, you know, according to you? Yeah, because, yeah. You know, obviously from the outside, he's like, you're just on your computer. What are you doing? I know. Yes, exactly. And then, and it's true. And I think the guilt is stronger. Like yes. I noticed that this summer, um, well, in previous summers, I think I always have a little bit of that guilt. I, I really do work at that and, and I help clients with that. You know, so it's like, I do know what to say to myself, Yeah, <laughs> but it was interesting because it was like before there was so much client stuff and there was so much going on. And now, you know, I still have work to do, of course, but it does feel like my workload is far less now that we've moved. Yeah. And the priority was kind of moving and I was super, like there was probably a month where I did nothing but focus on moving and all of that. But, um, but yeah, I felt that. So I think for myself, so I wouldn't get defensive. I just would need to, like I said to myself, okay, I'm going to get, you know, work on these days and then Friday I'll go and we'll do something fun. And yeah. they would go do fun things. And I would feel like, oh, I should be there. And they'd be like, mommy, are you going to come? You know, like, you know, that gut, like, I never see you. I was yeah. like, I'm with you for six days straight. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. They know exactly what to say. Those oh my children. God. Especially <laughs> young ones. Yeah. I don't know. And then of course, then you start to think about like, oh, they're going to get older and be with their friends. This is my last time. So like when they still want to be with me, you know, so you start to put all that pressure on yourself and that's a downward spiral. But the reality is like, you know, if you don't show up and do the work for your, for your company, then it just creates so much more stress for you. And then, yeah, you're, I don't want to stay up all night trying to fill it in. And then I'm sleep deprived and grumpy all the time. Right. Yeah. So I do have to say like, okay, these are my, these are the days. But then there are times where I'm like, Hey, I want to go, you know, let's, I want to go see where they filmed uh last of Mohicans. Or oh my whatever. gosh. Is it because, <laughs> because Amy Crane's husband told me, and then I told you about that place in Asheville <laughs> where no, they filmed that. My husband, no, you, we had this conversation. Oh. Yeah, my husband is obsessed with that movie. So yeah, he so already had researched. Oh, okay. He had planned it out. But I was like, dude, I want to go. So I went, you know. You, wait, what What did you see? The the waterfall place the or fall. the house? Yeah, the waterfalls place. Oh, not the house. I have not okay. seen the house. Yeah. yeah I the didn't waterfall know. is cool, right? Yeah, it's very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we, so. we saw that too when Steve and I came out there. It was it was fun. It was, it was, and that's the thing. And I, we do have that flexibility of, we get to create our own schedule, but work still is a priority for me. Like if it yeah. isn't, you know, and I don't really, I don't feel my husband gives me that pressure. Uh, there have been times where he said something and after when I was doing a ton of travel before and I was like, yeah, piss off. Like yeah. that's not very, yeah. like, yeah. that's, well, that's actually like a, just another topic when you travel as a, as an entrepreneur, what the outside world are, are, family and friends think of that, what that means. And I think sometimes they view that more as like a, a pleasure thing, or you're like going out for fun when it's, um, you know, obviously partially fun, but also for work for, you know, yeah. to grow your skills in some area or to connect or network. Um, that can be rough as well. Yeah, the, exactly. And that's where I think you have to talk to your partner about it. Because otherwise, like if they're building resentment about it, I know for me, it was, I did a year and a half of like a lot of travel, way too much. I realized it was too much because it was once a month. And there was one period where I went to three different conferences, no, four different conferences in a month and a half That's and crazy. three were in a row. So I would work 
I would see my clients like I I was one of those people who like to do like two days. Yeah. Like eventually I got to two days where I would do like 15 clients in two days. Mm-hmm. And then I would be Tuesday, Wednesday, I would leave Thursday for the conference, come home Sunday night or Monday, and then go right back to seeing clients. So I never had the day off for like three weeks. It was brutal. Yeah. And yeah. And if I think if my husband was like feeling like I you know, that I was just out partying and having a great time instead of he, and he was at home with three kids, you know, so it was a lot. Yeah. And that's three little kids. So that's a lot, but I, but it wasn't like that. And he didn't feel that way. So that helped. But I, for myself, I was like, this is too much. Yeah. I see a lot of um, group practice owners in the Facebook groups who talk about having partners who maybe aren't super supportive or at least not supportive in the way that they need it. They might be supportive in the income that's being brought in and yes. like, yes, this is, yeah, you're doing great, but maybe not supportive in the time investment that it might take to, you know, build a business like that. Um, I, I don't think, I think non entrepreneurial minded people can't put those things together. Um, which yeah. is just an interesting thought. And I always, uh, you know, kind of feel bad for, for people who don't have supportive, um, family members and, and partners who can, you know, give them the space to, to grow their businesses. Um, and obviously there's a balance, right? You know, there's some people that kind of overdo it and become absent in their family lives. Um, but it just, I, I noticed that there is this kind of space where, um, a lot of group practice owners are feeling like they're not getting the type of support from their Mm -hmm. family members, whoever those people are. Um, which sort of sucks because it's like one of the big support in any way, whether it's business support, friend support, family support is a a big reason that people succeed or don't succeed in business. You know, it's already so hard with ups and downs. I mean, it can be so great, but I mean, obviously, you know, (laughs) it can be so great, but it's also so stressful and those ups and downs are all the time. And I know for me, like my husband's super supportive but he's still, because he's not entrepreneurially oriented. I mean, he was like, he's like retired military, retired UPS, old school kind of guy, you know, mm-hmm. like, and even though he's so supportive, there are those times where he'll make a small comment and it'll kind of crush me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but you know, I can get past it cause it's so rare, but yeah, I'm like, Oh my God, if I had to deal with that all the time, I don't yeah. know that I would be able to do it because yeah. I'm very sensitive to that, to so that's why I'm really selective about like who I'm taking in feedback from. So yeah. like I don't give a shit about my friends and family what they think. <laughs> I mean, as far as this goes, I care about them. I care about them. I care about so many things. But as far as like how I'm structuring my life, yeah. unless they're directly contributing to my life and actually like supporting me in some like, like it, I don't care. Like yeah. I don't care in that regard because yes, I, I would get frustrated because friends would make comments and they would do things and like, Oh, you didn't reply. Or, you know, like I sent you a text and you didn't reply. I'm like, that was this morning. And I was back to back clients. Like what the F do you think I do all day? Yeah. And, and then I would get so angry. Yeah. So I was like, I just kind of had to not care. I had to stop giving Fs. I don't know if you swear on this thing, but we totally swear on this. I thing. already said shit. Already. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that counts anymore, but yeah, I was like, I don't give a fuck. So like, I'm done. Yeah. I care about them. I have great friends, great family members. But as far as like, they're not part of my life, I don't need their input. My husband and my kids are a part of my 
they're part of that day to day. So I care about what they think, you know, do you, um, do you, have you ever gotten, um, from your kids, like your, um, what, what does mommy do? And it's like, she's yeah. on her computer all the time. She were, my, my kids didn't know for the longest time what I was, except she, she, she works on her computer. Yes. And I remember like one of my kids put it as an assignment in, in at school. It was like, you know, what do your parents do? What are your favorite things? Um, and there was like a moment of, Ooh, am I like, is this what I'm presenting to the, my kids as me? Like I'm just a person that's always on their computer working. Um, and I know this is something that's not uncommon for people who have either online businesses at, for sure, because obviously everything is on the computer or digital, um, but also for people who are maybe putting in a lot of time in their group practices, even updating their website, responding to people's emails. Um, have you ever had that sort oh, of like sure. struggle either with kids or your kids or um, feeling like mom's always on her computer? Yeah. And I think, and I was gone a lot or that, that, that was, that was part of it. And then, yeah, yeah I feel distracted because that was part of, I mean, our, we had many reasons for moving across the country. One of them that wasn't the main one, but the second biggest one was I was working so much and I felt like I was gone a lot and I had so much financial pressure because Bay area, California is very expensive. And so it was like, and like most people, we were house poor. So you have a house that's worth a lot, but you know, you're struggling. <laughs> yeah. so, um, and so it was like, that was a big part of why I wanted to make a dramatic, you know, like a very dramatic shift. But yeah, I would get that all the time. And I remember my, well, I, and it was funny, my oldest, who's now just turned 10, but I think she was probably eight at the time. She goes, I know why you're mad all the time because you're a therapist. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious and annoying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was so funny. And then, but they they didn't really get it. And like even now, like sometimes I talk to them about because my daughter's going through some stuff where she, you know, a oh god, she would tell me like she, you know, like liking boys or no, uh-huh. them. And then I was like, well, you can talk to me about it. And I was like you know, this is what I help people with for a living. <laughs> so I, I like plant those seeds. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, this is what I do help people with this stuff. You know, I can't help you unless you tell me. And so like, we have those conversations, but yeah, I think, I think my son, he wrote stuff like that. It was something, it was either like, it was either like she travels a lot or she's always on her computer or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So she, he didn't really get it. It was just like, she's gone. And he went through a whole period. It was rough because he's our sensitive middle one. He's a seven-year-old now. Um, but he last year, every day he was just sobbing. He'd be like, can't daddy go to work? Like I just miss you. And yeah. he was so upset. Like he, it was, and that was during that, sh- that small period of a lot of travel um, and so I just had to get really intentional about spending one-on-one time with him. And, you know, like that's when I, I like on the weekends, I was like, okay, you know, when I'm gone traveling, sure. And then I cut back on my travel a lot, but it was still doing it. Cause you know, I still have all these businesses and fun things I want to learn and do Right. when I, otherwise when it comes the weekend, I mean, I don't even know, like there were times where I wouldn't even check my phone at all. And yeah. so like the whole weekend would go by and I haven't, so I really got, I made sure that I, I let go of that. Um, 
And I think that's what, for whatever reason, people like need to be given this permission to say no, to not feel like they have to be on all the time um, because you end up, you know, getting statements from your kids that are like, you're just always on your computer. And then I'm like, you're absolutely right. I should just sit with you and read a book and not have to have my phone next to me, (laughs) you know, while we're doing it. Um, And and I know that that's such a common entrepreneurial or um, leadership, people in leadership positions, even if they're not business owners, um, have these kind of struggles. And I just think at the end of the day, you have to, like you said, be intentional about it. Otherwise, and I think that's one of my biggest struggles is I kind of often will mindlessly do things. I just open my computer because I'm like, it's just a habit. It's, it's like a response that I don't even think about because I yeah. think I, I should just be on it. There's probably something I have to do, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and, and that's where I think this intentionality around um, when, when are you on and when are you off and that it's okay to actually be off. You know, yeah, and I had to. I mean, I definitely have gone through like several like periods of burnout. Yeah, I think it never showed up with my clients, which is why I felt like it was okay. And now, in hindsight, I see how like that's that was where the issue of like sustaining that burnout. But but yeah, I I'm a big believer in that. Just like I do not care. Like if it's on the weekend again, if it's like an extreme emergency, my I'm like first of all call 911 but like, <laughs> for my for I'm thinking for my therapist yeah. the employees you know but um but at the same time like okay they have they know how to handle things on a basic level and like that's just life and so um, and then you and it'll, then you go down to the structure thing like if you you have a group practice you have employees uh, in some ways you might not be able to be completely off off but you can structure things so that your staff yeah. Um, either have another leadership person in, in place that, that they can be on during those times, or you, if you hire fully licensed people, ensuring that they are secure and confident in making decisions with their clients without needing your support. If you have provisionally licensed people or you know people who are still in training, then making sure you have other leaders or other uh, supervisors or people in place that can, can be that so that you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's training them too to trust their, to also give themselves space. Kind of like we do with clients. Like you don't have to answer. If somebody comes at you with something, you don't have to answer them right then. Like that's just unrealistic. Like I want that. Just like the friend who was like, Oh, I texted you this morning. It's like, get over yourself. Right. (laughs) The person who was like, I asked you what your daughter would like for her birthday. And you never responded. So I don't think, you know, my daughter, I almost said her name. <laughs> I don't think my daughter can come to her party since she doesn't have a present. And my thought was, well, first of all, F you, your kid yeah. can come without a present. Second right. of all, you just buy a gift card. Like it was yes. like why? one day. Oh, I that, would, that would frustrate me though, because I'd be like, why are you making me do the work at telling you <laughs> what to get my kid? Exactly. Well, I mean, I don't mind telling her, but I'm like, you can't expect a one day response. I think that's part of our problem. So like teaching your clinicians, like, okay, not everything demands an immediate response. Like yeah. calm down. 
Yeah. A little Taylor Swift in your life. You need to calm down. It's a very good, very good song. I was just <laughs> laughing yesterday about how all her songs are slightly um, relevant to the things I say to my kids. So like, you need to calm down. I'm, I, I, I'll say that to them and they get so mad if they get all hyped up or angry. I'm like, you need to calm down. Or do um, um, this when they break this things, this is why we can't have nice exactly. things. And then we'll literally sing that to them and they get so mad. They're like, mom. <laughs> That's what I said. I actually posted that like months ago. I said, I feel like Taylor Swift is just writing things for moms. Like that's how it feels, even though she's not. Yeah. That's so funny. I totally agree with that. But yeah, I think it is about just managing expectations, training people so that I guess I can't, I just, that's not sustainable. Like I, I need that. Um, as a couple's expert, what would you say to the, um, entrepreneur, group practice owner who is having um, either not feeling supported by their family, their partner, whoever there is in their lives, um, what feedback would you give as a fellow entrepreneur, but also as someone who um, is an expert in working with, working with couples and relationships? Yeah. I just totally put you on the spot. No, no, you didn't. I, I was like, oh, I have so many things. But I guess my, I think what is what I think really helps because being in Silicon Valley, I saw, I worked with a ton of business owners and a ton of like startup CEOs and like high achievers, like lawyers, doctors, those kinds. So I think that's, and I, I put entrepreneurs in that category yeah. of high achievers. And so for me, things that I saw were, I think you, you actually have to sit down and have an intentional conversation um, now if there's ways that they're not supporting you talking, I mean, as a therapist, you know how to talk to people well, you know, so you, how do you talk to the person to not elicit their own, um, you know, defensiveness and like be able to say, Hey, this, this isn't working for me. Uh, I know something that I do is I, I have conversations with my husband about like our goal, like my goals for the business. He doesn't get input unless I ask for it. <laughs> Um, I love that we talk about our goals he does not get to give his input no no unless I ask for it like because he's not running my business right but I do keep him in the loop because he's supporting our family so like he's the one you know helping me in this so it's for each other it's for all of us so like I have those, those things where I talk about goals or I talk about like what's going on in a bigger sense so that they understand and then so like even today, just, just randomly, this happened today. So I said to him, okay, because we're on, we gonna, we now go on a daily walk because, you know. I love that, by the way. You I went from, from waking up at like noon in California to, <laughs> to, to, for me, half my day is gone to getting up at like 6.30 and going on walks. It's amazing. I know on the East Coast. So it's even earlier. But that's, yes, because I also, I saw clients till 9.30 at night. Yeah. So it was, I was just on such a different schedule. But, um, but yeah, so on our walk today, I had a conversation about, okay, so here's what I'm doing. And my plan is to launch this course, um, for cyber Monday, which I'm so, holding you accountable for. I'm totally going to do it. I just said it here Sue, so I'm <laughs> better. Uh, although that, yes, I've done that before. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I said to him, so the next, I said, really the next, uh, what is it like two, three weeks, two and a half weeks or whatever, I've got to put in a little extra time. And so I tell him that because we're at a point where like, he understands what that means. Mm-hmm. And so like, if I'm asking him to pick up the slack or, you know, to be more of the, like, 
he knows then like I'll, he'll be the one to put the kids to bed or right. unless I'm there and I want to, like, it's just one of those things where, or we have that conversation and I said, but then, you know, then we'll have Thanksgiving. We have already have a trip at Great Wolf Lodge. And then, you know, December will be back to like normal where I have a lot more balance in my work life now that we made the move Yeah, uh, because it allowed me to really stop seeing clients. And now I still see some scattering, but like, that was my goal. Like a lot of people, I know there are a lot of group practice owners who are already at that. Yeah. For me, it just didn't feel possible where I was at. And I, and I think there was so much pressure. I couldn't, I couldn't step out of my own way to like risk it because the downside would, I really needed to make that money. Right. Yeah. Like, um, and so now I have that flexibility where it's like, I have the breathing room, I should say. So that's the name that's, of the place where I get my massages. Breathing room. Breathing room. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'd go there <laughs> every Wednesday. <laughs> oh, see, and that's the thing. So yeah, it's that self care piece. Yeah. But but like having that conversation to say this is going to be a crunch time, and that happens like with your launching. If you're like when I okay. was in a period where I had to hire a big time because I had some turnover, where it's like having those conversations about oh, this is my busy time of year or whatever. They know that they need to be a little extra supportive, but there has to be an end in sight. And there has to be an understanding of this will not be forever. Because I've also worked with those workaholic people who yeah. say that and it just goes and goes and goes and goes. And yeah, then that's a good point. They're just totally absent. And yeah. it's like, okay, but now it's been eight months. Like that's not, that's not a crunch period. That's your normal. Yeah. Like, and I think the other part is kind of what you mentioned. Um, that your partner or the people in your lives that are, that are helping you, they need to kind of know what it's like to run your business. And so they need to hear from you. And I think most entrepreneurs like talking about their business and what they're doing. It excites them. And so just for whatever reason, I think a lot of people don't do that, bring it home to talk about that with their, with their partners. Um, but even do, doing that so that they just really aren't, I think, we assume as entrepreneurs that people who aren't like just know that we're busy people that have to do a lot of important things, you know, um, when in <laughs> reality is that people who aren't um, owning businesses um, don't necessarily make those assumptions. And so we, they won't be the type of support we want them to be because they don't even know what they need to support us on. Um, and they might only see you're always gone or you're always on your computer or you're always doing X, Y, Z, um, when they just haven't been taught what your world looks like so that they're like, this makes sense, you know? Totally. Yeah. It's like, and especially if you're on Facebook at all. So that is, even yes. the other day I was, I was like, okay. And I started working, I was doing like financials and I was at, I was working at home from home. The kids were, it was after our walk. And then all of a sudden somebody posted something stupid in Facebook and I got really pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> and then my husband, I was like, you were working on what? And I'm like, no, I just popped up. And yes, I do have a Facebook problem. But that's the thing. If, you, if people see you on Facebook a lot, they just assume you're like, oh. But that's all another thing though. If you have an online business, some of your business might be on Facebook. It totally is. And that's the thing where it's like, you might pop in for something and make, like I'm really good at commenting quickly and then never coming back to it. Yeah, because, totally, actually. because uh yeah, because it's like, oh, I just saw it and then I've moved on and I've gone to something else. And I'm not and I know that's a problem. It's not it's not good for focus. But at the same time, it's like those memes where it's like this is what I do, this is what people think. This oh is. yeah. And I 
I think that's the thing that people in our life, they think it's like, oh, you have all this flexibility and you could do whatever you want when you want. Because there are those times you do. Yeah. Ask for it. I went to the movies and I had lunch with a friend or, yeah. you know, I worked from home today. And right. It was wonderful. I didn't leave my pajamas. But yeah, it's, I do agree. People don't talk about it. Or you have to know, can you talk about it? Yeah. Because I know some people, like their partners are soup. Just, they just don't. They don't have the right mindset and it's like they're gonna bring you down or or family members. Yeah. Like if you're gonna to talk to your mom about it and she's constantly negative, stop talking to your mom about it. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna say. This is why we started the My Biz Bestie podcast. Because it's about you need to find that support system of people who can help you with that, not just blow smoke, because I you want people that can challenge you, but in a right in the right way. Like when I make a mistake, because I'm a perfectionist. I'm like, oh my God, I totally screwed up. And I'll tell my husband. And there are times where he's like, oh yeah, that was really bad. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need that. I already feel that. I'm like, yes, Mark, I got it. <laughs> but I know he's not being, I know he is not judging me like in a harsh way. So I can tell. No, but he's also not blowing smoke either. For you no, not being like, you're exactly. Oh, you're just. That's more my husband. He's always like, "You're just the most amazing person in the world. You didn't well, do anything wrong." And I'm like, "That is actually made a true. mistake." And he's like, "You're being so hard you on yourself." But, <laughs> what'd you say? I said, "Being that you don't make mistakes, I never I make understand. mistakes." Yeah, I, I totally know. understand. Never. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, it was literally awesome having having you on here. I feel like you know, me and you have these talks, but now, now the world gets to hear it. I know. You get to know all <laughs> yeah. the crazy. No, all the crazy in here. No, it's um, good. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Um, I will talk to you on Voxer. <laughs> Visit you soon. <laughs> yes. I'll all, right. Five. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. We'll see you next time.